The Twins are terrible, terrible Sunday. They get whooped. Joe Ryan was solid. The offense was anything but. And Emilio Pagan has to go. And I actually expect that he will. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Sunday, August 21st, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker. I've been running at Twins Daily for four seasons, been hosting this podcast for three seasons, and the Twins are so sleepy. Sunday, the offense was sleepy on Saturday as well against uh, another bad starter. And Kohei Arihara, who pitched well, like give him some credit, but that's two days in a row the Twins have been unable to hit like struggling, poor major league starting pitchers. They have not been able to do it the last two days, and the offense has just been so inconsistent. Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa continue to struggle with runners in scoring position. The Twins just lacking in their lineup, um, and Emilio Pagan. Emilio Pagan has to go. Earlier this year, when he was struggling as much as he was, I went from, I really like his stuff. It's, you know, let's see how this goes in the late innings with him filling for Taylor Rogers, essentially. And he was super shaky out of the gate for the Twins, loaded the bases against the White Sox and withered his way out of it and got lucky, like made some pitches, but got lucky. And then the Cleveland disasters was when I said, okay, put him down to the lower lower end of the bullpen. He's still striking out a lot of guys. He's still his stuff is still lively. Let's see if they can they can work on some things with him to get him back to but back to what is the question? He's been bad for years now. To try to take advantage of his stuff. Let's try to take advantage of the fastball at 97-98 with the great splitter. Let's try to take advantage of the those two pitches and and fix him and he hasn't been fixed. I mean, what are they waiting for? I, I don't know what the process is. I mean, I understand that they, they've they liked his stuff all year, but I went from, okay, they need guys to fill in the late innings. He's done it before. Let's see how this goes to let's move him down the hierarchy and see if he can get back to he's got to go. He He's he's not going to be on the team next year. If he's on the team next year, I, I'm get, I, I will criticize them heavily like that that would make no sense to me for him to be on the team next year and be offered arbitration he's been terrible like terrible he came in when Tyler Malley got hurt he pitched pretty well even bad relievers though will have good outings like bad starters have great outings like Arihara today or Glenn Otto last night bad relievers will have good outings he hung a splitter today to Nathaniel Lowe that was it's unacceptable I mean the the pitches he throws and the spots he throws them are unacceptable and there's no payoff what what's the payoff would you feel even if Emilio Pagan put together he's not going to he's not going to even if he put together 15 straight good outings which I don't think he's going to do that's if he's gonna do that he needs to do it somewhere else because it ain't happening here and they need to stop hoping and praying and wishing that it will he's reaching the win probability added level of Alexander Colomay a year ago that's how bad he's been he comes into a game that they had already pretty much lost, but 
he's giving you no confidence. Well, even if you put together 15 great appearances, and let's say the Twins were lucky enough to to win the division and and go to the playoffs, and part of it is because Pagan has been so good. Would you feel Would you feel comfortable <laughs> with him coming in to a playoff game and like a one run game? I I feel like it's an auto home run. He's gonna give up a home run. He has the worst home run problem out of any reliever in the last handful of years. He gives up so many homers, and I don't understand why he continues to get opportunities. He's not changing. He has not changed, and I don't believe he's going to change. I think he's going to hang pitches for the rest of his life because it's not one year. We're not talking about a guy who is coming off like an excellent year in San Diego. Since 2020, this, the COVID season, think how long ago that was, not counting today, he has a 479 ERA and a FIP nearly five at 491. He's bad. He gave up 31 home runs in a little over 130 innings over the last four or three seasons now. He's bad, and he needs to go. There's, there's no benefit to keeping him. He's not going to be on the team next year. I, I'm not somebody who's like, let's bring up the kids, because I think people are way too optimistic about how a young reliever is going to fare in the majors. But if you need someone for mop-up duty, why why not call up Evan Sisk? Why not call up Drew Strotman? Why not call up somebody who actually has a chance with the future, you know, on this team. It's very similar to the Miguel Sano conversation. It's like, what are we waiting for with Miguel Sano? We know he's not going to be on the team next year. He should absolutely not be taking playing time from other people. What, what's, you know, what's going on there? Sano got hurt and now he's on the 60 day. Pagan, there's, there's no benefit anymore to this. There's no benefit. You can continue to hold out hope, hold out hope, hold out hope. He's going to continue to make, make you look like a fool. He makes he's making the twins look terrible for believing in him. And he's been he's been really bad. It's it's frustrating. And I wasn't at this point a couple weeks ago because I still was like, okay, let's give them an adjustment period. Let's see if they can figure some things out with him. And then we'll check back in. I've checked back in and nothing has changed. He looks awful. And it should be over. And I actually have a feeling it will be for some strange reason. I think them stretching him out multiple innings today and his pitch count was up there giving up runs of course that's what he does um I have a feeling that we, we could see a decision made because they probably are going to I, I hope they come to the clu- conclusion thinking what what's the upside here what's the upside with Emilio Pagan he's got great stuff but he it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that he has great stuff because he hangs so many pitches it's it's frustrating. I know Twins fans are frustrated. I know a lot of people have said he should go weeks ago, and I was a little bit more patient back then, but now I'm I'm fully on board that train. Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton struggling with runners in scoring position, and those two need to pick it up. If they don't, the Twins will not make the playoffs. So those two extremely important, and then just the sleepy offense continues to struggle against bad starters. Why I think this is happening after this word from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online is where the game starts. Bet Vikings, bet Twins, bet 
whatever team you cheer for or any team at all at betonline.net. They are the best. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Why are the Twins struggling so much offensively and especially against bad starting pitchers? I've said this a lot this year because this is not the first time. I mean, they've been shut out a lot this year. This is not the first time they've gone through stretches like this. I mean, they did it at the beginning of the year. They've, they've had periods where they've done this for much of the year. I think the problem is people w- will love to say they're trying to hit home runs. They're trying. They're swinging too hard. They're swinging out of their shoes. They're chasing. They're trying to hit home runs, and that's why they're not producing offense. I don't think that's the case with that team this year because they're not striking out very much. That when they're struggling, it's they're not going strike out, strike out, strike out. You know, swinging at everything, striking out. The reason they've been struggling is because they their approach is off as a hitter. Very simply, simply, very much not easy. You are not swinging at balls, swinging at strikes, and at the end of the day, you're looking for a fastball to hit in the zone, a fastball a middle, middle fastball to hit. And how do you get middle, middle fastballs? You sometimes will get them on the first pitch. And that's why a lot of guys do damage on the first pitch because they get middle, middle fastball with the pitcher trying to get ahead. Or you get it when you get ahead in the count because the pitcher needs to get back into the count. And in today's game, you don't see a lot of 2-0 fastballs anymore, but you'll see them. Like you have a much higher probability of getting a fastball in a fastball count than you do in a in an 0-2 count. So your goal as a hitter is get ahead and then gear up for the fastball or gear up for anything middle-middle. If they hang a curveball on 2 oh, you hit that thing hard. You're putting yourself in a position to hit the ball hard in the zone. And in order to get balls in the zone, you need to lay off pitches. The Twins, when they're struggling, they make too much contact. Their contact is weak. Carlos Correa is a great example today. He gets up 3-0 and on the count. That's what you're looking for. You're looking to get on base or get a fastball to hit. He gets, I want to say it was a splitter, Ari Har was kind of moving the ball all around today, but I want to say it was a splitter, something at 86 to 88 miles an hour. It was in that range in a very hittable spot in the zone. It wasn't right down the middle, but it was slightly off middle, middle, and he took it for a strike. It's like, okay, he, he was keyholing a spot. That's fine. Then on 3-1, he gets a splitter again, and it's on his hands, and he swings at it and pops it up on the infield. What's the process? What's your approach? What do you? I, I don't know if he thought that was a fastball. Like he probably thought that was a middle, middle fastball and ended up being a splitter. That's a bad approach at the plate. You should have swung 3-0. And it, because you didn't swing 3-0, you got a tough pitch on 3-1. You should have taken that pitch. It might have been ball four or it's strike two. It's not strike three. That's their problem. I can hit this pitch, so I'm going to swing. No, 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 no. I want to get a ball I can drive. Not a ball I'm going to pop short. Not a ball. I'm going to ground to second base. You need to work yourself into counts where you get a fastball you like. Don't don't always swing at the sliders like right off the plate or a, a splitter just below the zone and chop it straight into the ground. Working counts, they're failing to do that. And I think that's why when they're struggling, I mean, you're always going to see home runs are synonymous with success offensively. If you hit more home runs, you're going to be more successful as an offense. But when you see them struggle, they're not hitting any home runs because they're not working to get a ball to drive. That's when they're at their best. When you watch this Twins team, the Garrett Cole start is in a perfect example of when they are at their best. Garrett Cole 
They were spitting on pitches. He was getting behind in counts, and then he had to come in with fastballs, and the Twins destroyed him because they crushed fastballs. And if they get fastballs in the zone, they're going to hit home runs, and they're going to hit the ball hard, and they're going to go for extra bases. They did that against Garrett Cole. Once you start to chase a little bit, once you start to make too much contact on pitchers' pitches, you'll see strings of games where the, the team can't score. The White Sox have done that basically all year. They lead the league, I want to say, in singles. I, I'm confident in saying they lead the league in singles, but their offense has been below average all year because they don't they don't drive the ball. They just swing at everything and look to make contact with everything. If you do that as an offense and you're not like making good contact, you're going to hit into a lot of outs. The Guardians make a lot of contact. They're the most contact-oriented team in the league, but that doesn't mean their approach is, is – just we're going to swing and try to make contact with everything. It's They still work counts. Like Stephen Kwan, like Luis Arise, works his way into counts where he can get pitches in the zone. Luis Arise, when he's ahead in the count, is unbelievable. Even though he can make contact with everything, he can get a hit on any pitch anywhere. But even him getting ahead is extremely beneficial because you're going to get pitches in the zone because pitchers don't want to walk you. So that's been the, the flaw with the approach. I think they need to be more selective. I think they need to stop swinging so much at pitchers' pitches. I think they need to be more aggressive early in counts if it's a pitch they like. Aggression is not – it's not always good to say just let's go be aggressive because I think they actually – some of the guys have been too aggressive and they're swinging at everything, and that's that shouldn't be the approach. The approach when they're at their best is I'm working to get a fastball to hit or just anything in the zone to hit. They haven't done that. Curry and Buxton have to be better. I mean, Carlos, it's been a really up and down year. Buxton has been up and down because he's been hurt and he hasn't hit with runners in scoring position. He's struck out a lot. We haven't seen the big home runs from him or like key home runs, key hits in a long time. We haven't seen it from Correa either. If those two don't produce, they ain't winning anything. Like they're not, they're not going anywhere if Correa and Buxton don't come through with some big hits and drive in runs and, and pull it together offensively. It, they're not. They're not going to the playoffs if those two don't do it over the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this offense is sleepy. The team right now is always one step forward, two steps back. They played a great series against Kansas City. They rolled that into game one against the Rangers. They won four in a row. Okay, you struggled and you lost in extras. It happens in game two of this series. How do you come out the next day? And they came out so flat. It was It was – you can accept last night. Last night will happen. You're you're going to have games where you you're not you're not going to hit or you're going to struggle against a bad starter. It's baseball. It's 162 games. Those games are going to happen. But good teams, good teams, when those games happen, they don't let them happen twice in a row. They don't let them happen three times in a row. They don't let them happen four times in a row. They find a way to win after a bad performance and the twins just stacked another bad performance on top of it. Joe Ryan was good today. They're getting good starts. And I, I think the score is not, it's not emblematic of the actual outcome of this game. Joe Ryan was very good. Pagan was terrible. And that's been the case all year. That's not how this game went. You know, it didn't, that wasn't a game that they should have lost seven to nothing. They were in that game the whole way through the offense lost that game. Joe Ryan gave them every chance to win, you know, and, you can't just expect your guys to be perfect. You can't expect Joe Ryan to be perfect, and he's going to get criticized for giving up a homer to Marcus Semien. It wouldn't matter if the Twins scored five runs. They, we all be talking about how good Joe Ryan was in that game and like how they got a great start from Joe Ryan and his fastball velocity was up, which most importantly, 
they need him. So that's that's good. Like that's a good development from this game that Joe Ryan looked as good as he did, but we can't really talk about it because the Twins offense was so horrific and Trevor McGill came in and middle middle the curve. It was an ugly game to a team the Twins should absolutely be beating. And they need to come back and split this series. They they have to come back and split this series. I talked about this 10 game stretch where they should go 7 and 3. If they go 6 and 4, that's acceptable. Five and five ain't gonna do it. Like five and five is not not a good way to to take advantage of a ten game stretch. But I think if the Twins go out there and win on Monday with Sonny Gray going against Cole Raggins, a lefty, never heard of him. I'll be honest. I, I watch baseball every single day. I follow this game as close as anybody. I've never heard of Cole Raggins, which tells you what you need to know about how the Twins should perform Monday with Sonny Gray going. He was exceptional last time out. If they win and they're six and four on that 10 game stretch, it's basically how they've been all year. Like they're slightly above average. They've been slightly above average all season long. I think people have trouble understanding sometimes, like myself in that group and in the offseason, we're all talking, are the twins going to be good? Are they going to be good enough to compete? A lot of, there's teams that win 95 games every year, there's teams that win 100 games, there's teams that win 60 games every year. Because the Twins have been so extreme in the last couple of years, like 2019, they won 101 games. They were excellent. 2020, they won the division. They were very good in the shortened season. Last year, they were downright awful. They finished in last place. Think about finishing in last place in this division with the Royals and Tigers. The Twins did that last year. Like, that's a feat. They've been so extremely good or extremely bad in the regular season. I think that's the expectation for the team. And people want to say this team is good or this team is bad. And it's not that simple. This team is somewhere in the middle. Every year, there's a lot of teams that finish between 80 and 90 wins. And the Twins are going to be between 80 and 90 wins. The difference is, are you an 82-win team? Are you an 88-win team? That's been the question for the Twins all year. It's never been, oh, they're good enough to win 95 games or play at that pace. They're, they're so bad, they're a 70-win team. Neither of those is true. They are somewhere in the middle and the next couple months and how they play in these stretches where they should be winning, that's the difference between 82 and 88. That's the difference between 80 and 89. They're they're going to be in that range somewhere. Every win matters in that range for the division, for the wild card. Every single win in there matters. And losing these games will come around to bite you. It will. It'll come around to bite you because they have Houston and they have New York still remaining on the schedule. These games will bite you because you're thinking, oh, we need to get a win tonight against Justin Verlander with Cole Sands starting. <laughs> you can't put yourself in that spot. That's like, that's a really bad place to be. To avoid that, you would take three out of four from the Rangers. And then you're like, okay, well, we just took three out of four from the Rangers. This is not a must win game in Houston. They're making it super tough on themselves. They've made it tough on themselves for months now. They're, they can't get out of their own way. They're extremely inconsistent. They're talented, but. They don't do it regularly. And it's from a fan's perspective, it's hard to evaluate. It's hard to honestly come to a set conclusion on them because, you know, they're still a game and a half out of first place, but they just don't, they don't play consistently. And one night they have Miranda and Arise just stealing the show. And you're so excited about the group and it's Buxton hits a huge home run or Correa makes a great play at short. And you're like, wow, this is a really talented team. Maybe they can build some momentum and continue to do this. Like, play to their talent level and they just don't they just don't they have too many flat games the offense is too flat the pitching staff they don't line it up when they pitch well they don't hit when they hit well they don't really pitch 
they, they've been doing this all year. It's nothing new. They've been doing this all year where they have a, a good stretch. They won four in a row and then they crumble and they can't figure it out and they have trouble turning it around. And that's why they're going to finish between 80 and 89 wins in a bad division because they have no consistency and they haven't had consistency um, all season long. So they need to win Monday. <laughs> they need to win Monday. I, I, I'll be, this is similar to the first game of the Royal series where I said, if they don't win this game, it's going to be, they're going to be in, in big time trouble. And if they don't win Monday, it's one game, but that's one of 43, one of 43 remaining. They're starting to, the percentage of games that you play is starting to get higher and higher. You know, that game, the importance to the rest of the schedule. And if you divide one by 42, it's a lot bigger than one divided by 160, right? They need to win Monday and try to take any any juice at all to Houston because I could see if they lose Monday, it turning into a, a brutal, brutal week for them. Like it could turn into we lose Monday, swept out of Houston. We're four games back in the division. We're three, four, five games out of the wild card. Then you're starting to think that it might be over. Like then you're starting to think, um, this ain't happening. And maybe you're right there right now. I'm not because they're a game and a half back and they have 17 games left against the Guardians and White Sox. So they can continue to lose to these teams. Yeah, it sucks. And they this is going to hurt them, I think, in the long run to not beat these teams. But it's going to come down to those 17. You know, they just need to be within striking distance when they when they play Cleveland, when they play Chicago. The reason I say it'll hurt them is because you're making it tougher. Your margin for error gets a lot lower. If you play Cleveland and you're tied, that's different because losing one game to them is not going to make or break your your chances at winning the division. But if you're already three games back and then you lose two more to them, now you're five back and you're uphill battle. You're not going to reach them. There's not enough games left. They're making it tough on themselves by losing these games. Uh, before they get to play Cleveland and Chicago to try to make up that ground head-to-head. That series, they split two, and then they postponed. So that's a split, and the Twins have lost two out of the first three to Texas. Got to come out Monday and get a win. I'll be here after that game for a post game on the Lockdown Twins podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.